Welcome to Simulator Review, helping you find quality flight simulation with the world's most comprehensive listings and reviews of simulators. Welcome to this, the second episode of our new podcast for the flight simulation community. My name is Alexis, and I'm joined again this week by my colleagues from simulatorreview.com, Andrew. Hi there. And Elliot. Hello. If you listened to episode one already, then a warm welcome back. If you haven't, it's worth downloading it onto your podcast service of choice. So in the last episode, we introduced the podcast and gave you a bit of detail about the three of us who were involved in setting it up. In this episode... We want to introduce you to our website and what we have to offer to the simulator community on there, including the simulator directory, green pin venues, and our blue pin featured venues, as well as our articles. Firstly, though, on to simulator news, which will cover both news at simulatorreview.com and in the wider community. And for this, we go over to Elliot. So, Elliot, what have you got for us on Sim News this week? So, for this podcast, we're going to focus on some news from Ascent Aviation that we visited up near Glasgow. We've recently got wind that they've upgraded. In fact, the venue's regularly upgrading. And this time, they've added VATSIM. Uh, so there's now a VATSIM connection for their SIM. For those of you that haven't heard of VATSIM, it's an online virtual air traffic control network. And between us, I think we'll all agree that the standard of air traffic control is pretty good, uh, considering real air traffic controllers take years to qualify, then they have to validate as well. So it's a pretty good uh, facility for Ascent Aviation to add it. So what this does mean is their 737 simulator is now got to be one of the most realistic 737 fixed-based sims that we visited. And the overall realism is going to be much higher, so a much more realistic environment to fly in. And that's obviously what we're looking for at Simulator Review, which has led to a second bit of news from Ascent Aviation uh, to cover. And this is the introduction of their virtual flyers group and uh, something we're really pleased to see that's been introduced. We like the concept because it's a very realistic operating environment, some real world procedures, and they're using real airline pilots to help enhance the people's experience that sign up to this. And you also fly as a crew with other members of this virtual pilots club. And they've decided to employ a subscription model. So there's a six month minimum term, 90 days notice, it's about £60 a month, but then the good thing is each hour that you fly is only £35. So if you add it all up, you're looking at about £150 a month, which for three hours in a really good sim is actually really, really good value. So I imagine this would be quite a successful endeavour. Oh, that sounds really interesting. I think especially with the VATSIM connection, that's a great thing to see. And that's certainly something we've always asked when we've gone on our visits to simulators and where we've done reviews. Um, I had a lot of experience of that sim on the simulator I used to go to, and it adds a real great amount of realism when you're flying because you're interacting then with a controller, you're interacting with other aircraft around you as well. It really helps add to that. Yeah, I think you'll agree. We've not seen it in many simulators that we've been out to visit. Very rarely do they have that sim installed, and it's only normally on the very best simulators that we've been out to review, such as uh, SimFest and Jetson School in Peterborough. Yeah, and it's not a difficult thing to put in, to be honest, because all the software that you need, like vPilot, is all free. 
and apart from adding in headphones, really, and a connection to the internet, which most sims would have, it really isn't a great deal of effort. But for people who want to do a bit more than just a half an hour of experience, it really helps add into it. And the Virtual Flying Club is a great idea as well, as you say, Elliot. It really helps people to go from that first stage of having a flight experience to learning a bit more about interacting with another member of crew, uh, because these are all multi-crewed planes that usually simulated, and learning some procedures and flows and all the rest of it. Absolutely. It introduces SOPs, uh, introduces the teamwork, and also, as and when you get a little bit further into it, the failure management stuff between the two pilots is uh, exactly the sort of thing we want to see. Great. Well, thanks for that, Elliot. And look forward to uh, the Sim News next episode. On to our main topic this week, which is all about our website. This is the main place where people can visit and see all the content we have. The main part of what is on the site is a directory of all the simulators. And the first thing you see when you click on the home page is a large map showing all the simulators across the world in our database. So if I can start by asking Elliot, how did you find and add all the simulators we have in the directory? As this has been quite a long labour of love uh, that we've embarked on here. Um, we identified that there wasn't one single reference point for all the sort of simulators that Alexis and I were once looking for. So it's been many, many hours of talking to people, asking around uh, when I'm in the flight deck, asking my first officers if they know of any simulators. But predominantly, it's been a big search of Google, Bing. There are very many other search engines that are available and also trawling through social media accounts, whether this be Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Most of the venues we find seem to have some sort of social media presence others not so much and then it's a case of trying to locate them and find the information for each venue so this is a lot easier said than done a lot of venues have closed down and still have a web presence a lot of venues don't even have any form of social media or web presence at all so it's just been very much trawling and uh, when we're finding the information logging it and then verifying it with at least another source Yes, that's a good point. I think when I was searching as well early on into this, uh, you were really struggling to find anywhere which had a central database of simulators. So you could always find simulators and you could always do a search on some Google and it would always bring up usually ones in your area. But there was no way to look at a specific area and see what was available and a number of simulators all in one go. Absolutely. And what you may find in Google is the simulator but also we want to know what type of simulator it is and what facilities it has. So the yellow pin was very much, here's a simulator that we found. This is what the simulator is, and this is the way to contact or get to the company. This is where they're located. And so far, I think we're quite right, and this is the only place on the interweb where there is a central database. Uh, we've not come across one so far. Am I, am I right with that? Absolutely, that's been my finding as well to date, which is why we're putting all this effort in to try and create yeah. a central portal and resource. So with uh, the other one, of course, uh, TripAdvisor has always been a good source for us to find, particularly where people have visited. But again, it, we've been able to hopefully, and we'll build on the database, providing a lot more valuable content than, than what, you're, what people will find on there. And hopefully a little bit more informed as well about the quality people will find there and the, and the uh, experience hopefully they'll have. Elliot was mentioning the colour of the pins as well, and I think you mentioned this as well. Just to explain, because one of the things that people will notice when they look at the map is that the pins are all divided into three colour-coded categories for yellow, green and blue. 
So what does each of those signify? So the blue ones really is the top tier. It's where we have reached out to the simulator venue. They've invited us along and we've been able to do a full review, which uh, most of them that uh, you and Elliot have done. So we've been able to photograph the different parts of it and experience what the customer service is like, what the simulator build quality is like. Uh, things like Elliot was speaking in the news uh, section about VATSIM, they hook up to real-time weather, whether they're building their own components, for example, Delta 5 out in Sao Paulo, or they've got third-party supplier, what type of software they're running with it, the definition of graphics and so forth. So it's really a top-tier, I guess, membership, so to speak, on the database that we really want to promote for different venues to have. It's where our users will find them the most information about a simulator venue. And we'd like to think, you know, some of the best quality on the internet at the moment. The yellows, as Elliot mentioned, is really a registration on our database for a venue. All we generally have is their logo, their location, contact details, and what type of simulator they have. So, for example, it'll be a 737 fixed-base simulator, full stop. It's really just a presence and giving a, a database marking for that venue. And then the green pins, which is the middle category, which is one we're really trying to build out right now, is we would, we're reaching out to venues to get more information other than what we currently have. So we're asking things, for example, type of visuals that you have, the degree of wraparound on your screen, the off-street parking, the, do you have a loyalty program, for example, uh, with Scent uh, Aviation, that type of thing? Do you have a discount program for return customers? We tried to flesh out a little bit more information that will be useful to our readership. And then hopefully at some stage, actually visiting that venue and upgrading that to a blue pin and therefore providing our readers with even more detailed information. So yellows, greens, and blues is what we're uh, building out at the moment. And... 260 plus i think at the moment we're pretty much it's one a day we're adding into the database and uh, elliot does a great job in the searching trying to build that out for us so elliot there's really a big difference in the value of what's on the site between what's on the green pin and what's on the blue pin uh, absolutely the blue pin is absolute verified we've been to visit we've given it our seal of approval and that's our opinion as professional airline pilots a green pin is us reaching out to a venue, just asking for a little more information so we can pad out their directory entry uh, on the website. So, Elliot, if I can ask, what kind of things, when you're creating a, a featured review, what do you look for and how is it that that's being done? Uh, we take a really general overview of the whole simulator and then we drill down into three areas that we've identified. And very much with us going to each venue, we're going with the focus that... This is from an airline pilot's point of view, and we're focusing on how realistic and how good is this simulator. So we've got an assessment matrix that we've devised, and we've identified a more in-depth range of topics and criteria that we like to see in each venue. And that does build upon some of the questions and some of the things we look at in the green pins. So we look at disabled access, we look at the business as a whole, uh, where they're going, what sort of booking mediums they have. And there's no substitution for one of us getting in the seat and actually flying the simulator and saying, yep, yeah, this feels like the actual aeroplane. 
or are, they've not quite got the control loading right here or the thrust levers feel a little bit loose uh, or the visuals is something that we're finding quite a lot. Uh, we touch upon collimation in quite a lot of our articles and this is where the pilot's eye line or the view is lined up with the pilot's head. So quite a lot of the sims, the view is centralised. So you'll find that the pilots are looking slightly towards the centre of the screen to fly in a straight line, whereas collimated, they'll be looking straight ahead. So these are the sort of things that we can add value by us coming to visit and uh, cast our opinion and write an article. Great. So there really is a lot of information on the directory and on the website, and even more for those which are green and blue pin venues. So if people are coming wanting to find a sim near them, how can they search and what kind of things can they search on, Andrew? So at the moment, the website has, like all websites, a search bar, which people can type in, for example, a location or a simulator type or aircraft type. And that will bring up all the different results uh, for that, like, like any WordPress-based or website uh, has. We are going to bring in a, a small change on the front page as well, where the tags... So every simulator is tagged. Is it 7.3? Is it fixed-based? And we're going to be making a small change on the front page of that too to help people search better for what they're looking for. Great, because I think nowadays we're seeing more and more variety in the types of simulator aircraft that are out there. Previously it was always 737s, but now we're seeing a few more A320s and other types of aircraft. So people can really hone down the search not only on location but on type of aircraft they can find. Is that right? Yeah, very much so. It's a great point you raise. With a central database like this worldwide, you, you do find more the peculiar or, or less frequently uh, developed simulators. Not that the 777 is a peculiar aircraft. It's a fine aircraft. Very few simulators around with 777s, but we do have a number listed on the database at all that otherwise are quite hard to find. But, of course, you do get the, the wide variety in simulators, particularly notice with the museum-based a uh, number of aviation museums around the world have a simulator attached to it. And often that's where you'll find the different types. Uh, our Russian friends, again, you'll find a few different unusual variety of aircraft there as well. So it's, a, it's an excellent source if you're looking for something particularly different in the simulator market. I mean, just offhand, I can think of a Caravelle in Germany. Mm. I can think of yeah. a MiG. I can think of... Uh, there's a DC-10, I can mm -hmm. think of a 727, there's a yeah. 767 in Italy, so there's a real wide uh, variety of aircraft. Well, even in the UK with our friends at SimFest, I mean, a jumbo, that's unusual. I mean, it's not an unusual aircraft, but it's an unusual simulator uh, that you'll find. Just a shame you have to be one of the chosen few. <laughs> yes, yes, it's a fine setup, as, uh, as you chaps saw. And I think you can even branch out into... Rotary aircraft, can't you? Helicopters, and we've we've been to one at, at D side, Elliot. Yeah, that's right. There's a there's a August 109 E Power to be precise up at D side, and we really liked that. That looked very good. You can even go and sit in the cabin and sit on some luxurious leather seats while watching the pilot have fun trying to hover. Um, the wraparound vision really does help with a hovering aircraft, but I suppose that's for another podcast. And there's also a Westland Lynx down in the east of the UK, which would be good fun to have a go on. Oh, and our friends, of course, out at Delta 5 of Sao Paulo, they've got a helicopter simulator there, which they uh, let me have a go, and I realize I'm not particularly good, despite their excellent instruction. But, uh, yeah, there are some rotary uh, options around for people too. So I think the last part of the site that we will look at is the article section. 
if I can ask, what kind of things would you find on the article section and what are those articles about? So perhaps, Andrew, you could answer that one. Yeah, no, thanks, Alexis. Yeah, it's something we've been trying to build out. We haven't been quite as uh, frequent in publication as we'd like to, but it's something we've obviously discussed uh, recently to make a bit more systemized in how we publish. One thing we've looked at, too, is how do we better focus that article production for our readers? So at the moment, we've got a bit of variety, how to land, what is an ILS, um, Al's favorite YouTube videos, and so forth. Uh, when you listen to this podcast, that may have changed. But what we're looking for is really trying to refocus that article production on uh, the simulator market itself. So, for example, we're going to look at some topics around how do you best prepare for your simulator visit? We think a lot of people sort of just rock up, and if you're a bit better prepared with it, you get a lot more value bang for your buck with that. We also, with our blue pin visits and as we're developing the green pins, we're learning more and more about this market ourselves and what venues are providing and what the users are looking for. So we want to start telling some articles around that. For example, one of the things we find when we're adding to the database, and Al's a big contributor in that section with the social media, on their websites, they may have their social media pins linked. That may not. Sometimes they're linked to a suspended account. Sometimes they're just hard to find. Or they don't have any social media at all. So what we're learning from that, if we can add some value for the venue uh, readership, is some of the things that we think the better providers are looking for. So maybe we'll do some work around virtual pilot clubs that are sense looking at that type of thing. So hopefully we'll see a change in the articles we're writing. And we'd love to hear from our readers and our listeners, of course, about the type of articles they'd like to see. At the moment, we're just trying to find where we fit into that market. And if our audience can help us direct that, then that's a win-win for everyone. That's an interesting aspect, which is that there are articles as well, which is coming coming from the people on the site, which can be about all sorts of subjects relating to sims and not just focused on a review of a simulator. And very much so. When we look at the t top search results for the website, uh, it's a wide variety, including we're getting some racing car simulator queries and that type of thing, which unfortunately we're not caging for at the moment, but maybe one day. But we're getting things, for example, Boeing 767 simulator, or we're getting a particular simulator venue that someone's looking for, or a simulator in a township or city. So as we get more views on our website, uh, through uh, people visiting, through advertising on Facebook or Twitter or interaction with us. We'll be able to better tailor our articles as well as we see what people are looking for. Right, so I think that gives a great introduction to the site and what it offers. So I guess the question is how can people keep up to date on what we are doing? So Elliot, if you just want to perhaps answer that one. Uh, so there's a couple of ways. Uh, we've got a newsletter that we've started to compile. So if you're interested in this, please uh, find that section on the website. Send us your email address and we'll be sure to include you in any newsletters we send out. Nothing too in-depth, just a brief summary of the changes, uh, some of the things we're looking at in these podcasts. So it's a very good way to stay up to date with us. And also you can find the links to all our social media outlets on the website. So if you're interested and you want to hear more from us, please subscribe. And particularly, if I'm going to say, if you've visited one of the venues please drop us a comment, drop us an email or comment on the actual page itself. We'd love to hear what you thought about it. 
it doesn't need to be you know paragraphs just say it was a great simulator or this could have been we'd love to hear what our readership has experienced as well and that'll really help us target when we visit places uh what we look at as well thanks so that's uh some really good information about the website from Andrew and Elliot, and I think it gives a good overview of what's on there and how to keep in touch with all the things that are coming up in the future. So there you go, an introduction to our website, simulatorreview.com, which I hope you found useful. Do take a look and let us know what you think. We're always adding new content, so come back and have a look what's different and what's added since your last visit. Now you've had an introduction to us and our websites in episodes one and two, we can start looking a bit more in depth at our articles and our feature reviews. So with that, in our next episode, we'll start having a look at a new and significant piece of hardware for the home simmer, uh, especially relevant these days where everybody's sat at home and not able to visit any of the simulators. And this is the Honeycomb Aeronautical Alpha Flight Controls, including our own views after using it for a few weeks. So I hope you will join us again for that. In the meantime, please do subscribe to our podcast and let us know what you think. For now, though, it's goodbye from me and goodbye from Andrew. Goodbye. And goodbye from Elliot. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Simulator Review podcast. We would love your feedback, so please do comment and rate us. Please follow, share, like and subscribe on all our social media channels where you can see regular updates on new simulator listings and reviews as well as our latest articles. Until next time, happy swimming.